Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. I am buzzing and I, my name is John and I'm joined by the man who's just turned 30, Robert Scobie. Scobie, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, over the hill, into my fourth decade. Pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, the, I'm still, still kicking. And listeners... Be prepared for this. We have a special guest this week, I'm sure you all know from Twitter. We are honoured to be in this man's presence. He's currently sitting third in the Fantasy Fitbar prestigious league. It's the man with the most original name in fantasy football, the Queen's Eleven manager, Ian Finlay. Hello. What a week. Absolutely buzzing. And thanks for having me on, John Scobie. It is our pleasure. Uh, this week of all weeks, we'll obviously get into it, but um, uh, you know, we, we, we should probably sort of say we were, we were always planning to get you on. It just so happened it fell on this week. Absolutely. So, so what, how we're going to play this podcast, listeners, is we're going to try and chuck a few questions at Ian just about how he's been playing this season's fantasy football, because obviously he's doing very well. So hopefully you guys will be able to pick up some tips on that. In the first part as well, we're going to chat a bit about COVID cancellations again and how to, how to address that as a fantasy football Scotland manager. In part two, Scobie will take us through what was a, a, a rip-roaring weekend of Scottish Premiership action, including the old firm Derby, which I'm sure Ian has nothing to say on. And then in part three, we will be taking questions from the Twitter sphere and asking Ian, how staunch could a staunch man be if a staunch man could be staunch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lots to look forward to. Ian, how have you found fantasy football Scotland so far this season? It's been good, hasn't it? Um, impressed with the app. Um, tough as well, tough with that that one sub. Um, I've only just got around to sort of spending my points and getting my team up the way I wanted it. I've got sort of a period of uh, of just neglecting my team because I'm used to the English fantasy. We get two transfers a week, so it's tricky. Tricky. Yeah, but, um, yeah we went through a bit of a bad patch, but a bit of surgery over the weekend, and uh, I think I'm set up for the next few weeks now. And you're completely intact. You've uh, you know chips being played. You've not done your wild cards. Oh, I did my wild card. Did my wild card in week one or two actually. Oh, I mean that was a good decision though. I I, I think I got off to a good start. Um, so I was, I was quite quick off the off the bat in the Tavernier train. But um, but yeah, it's it's tough now because um, I mean as we'll talk about later, just just sort of trying to rejig everything with all these COVID fixtures and stuff going on and, you know, Edward out and stuff. Real tough. Yep. It's a challenge. Certainly is. Certainly is. Okay, and yeah, and that's a nice segue, in. You're a natural on this podcast, as you knew we were about to chat about the COVID <laughs> fixtures. So in this game week that just passed us, um, an hour after the uh, transfer window had shut, uh, I actually couldn't make any transfers this week because uh, the pipes were burst under my sink again so I was dealing with that uh, and missed the deadline which was <laughs> tough uh, but just after that deadline it was announced that Motherwell and St Mirren would be postponed um, due to St Mirren not being able to play a team because of Covid Morris Ross at Motherwell has gone mental saying they should be docked three points uh, what, what are your guys views on it Ian maybe start with you he's a good staunch man Morris Ross <laughs> Any further thoughts or just uh, <laughs> this No, I don't. I don't. I haven't. I haven't dipped into to many of those players um, 
Livy and Motherwell. I thought about Declan Gallagher, but um, I've managed to keep myself sort of in the sort of three three core teams, which makes it, I think, a bit easier if you if you start having five or six different players from different teams in your fantasy, it makes it quite difficult. But um, mm. I was caught out, obviously, with the Celtic game. But other than that, I think I've, I've been doing okay on that, on that front. And Scobie, what are your views on, on the whole COVID situation? I mean, Motherwell now haven't played a game since um, being pumped by Rangers yeah. 5-1 on the 27th of September, which is quite staggering, really. We're now in November. Yeah, I mean, I, it's becoming a regular um, feature of this podcast. I hope by next season we can remove it from this podcast. I'm quite frankly sick of talking about COVID. It's essentially the sponsor for this pod. But it's... Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's, we're getting through at the moment. I think they're probably, they are doing quite a good job, I mean, as, a, as the league in, in terms of getting those re- uh, schedules fixtures in quite, quite quickly and fairly succinctly. Um, but I do worry how we're going to end up if we get longer bouts of it, what this um, is going to look like at the end of the season. Are we going to have teams that have fallen quite far behind in terms of the fixtures and stuff? And then how's that obviously going to impact from a fantasy football point of view? Um, it's probably worked out in some people's favour, you know, that sneaky double um, Aberdeen fixture that we obviously got only added in what was it, a week or so ago, and, and that's you know paid dividends for if you've got certain players. So, um, yeah, it just makes this all, all the more challenging, as Ian rightly says, with only one transfer, um, you know, not being able to sort of like save up your transfer, so to speak, it, it's a challenge. Yeah, that's because... There's going to be game weeks coming up. Then that a lot of teams are going to have double game weeks. And just sort of trying to think ahead, that's going to be that's going to be massive. I mean, I had a little put like, I may mean, pick Joe Lewis and um, Johnny Hayes in the back of John's recommendation last week because absolute disaster. Spent about eight points getting them in. <laughs> John speaks very convincingly and passionately about Aberdeen. It's it's, it's yeah. Carried away off the back of it. <laughs> Johnny Hayes was never going to deliver the goods for me. You got to I thought as well. I must say, John's player was never going to come up trumps. No. Uh, he did get an assist, but I'm worried that he's injured now for the next month. So we'll have to watch on that. Just, I do just as well. So my last point in the Johnny, you know, obviously with um, Rangers and Celtic both progressing into Europe, if they're involved in games that then get um, delayed. And then they've also got Thursday night games and then potentially them to play double game weeks with Thursday night games. Mm. I mean, that's going to be a big clusterfuck towards the end of the season, isn't it? And, and they're going to have to rotate squads. You can't have Tavernier playing every, everybody game like he has so far. Um, so, yeah, I, I do worry a little bit what that might look like. Yeah, yeah well, Tavernier has to start every game because he's everyone's captain every game week. <laughs> and he knows that. <laughs> and he knows that. He does he's know that. Captain. Just to round this off, Sutty, the guy, he's the, he's always the best one on Twitter at getting this. So just to, we update to the listeners here is that, you know, coming up for game week 12, St Mirren Hamilton could be cancelled due to COVID just the way, you know, St Mirren couldn't feel the team last weekend because you're not sure on the quarantine date ending. And then that means that in game week 13, there is a blank for Celtic and St Mirren. So there's an outside chance that, that the game, St Mirren Hamilton game could be played in the following week. So they wouldn't be on that blank game week mm. and then just finally on game week 13 he thinks there's a chance that Hibs and Johnston, Hamilton, Aberdeen and Motherwell Killy could all be played in the middle of that week so whilst we're trying to plan for these by game weeks where no one's playing as you guys are saying because there's been so many COVID cancellations actually all these games could come flooding back into the fixture list exactly exactly I don't think I don't know if there is a way, a way to plan for it at this point um 
probably don't overthink it too much. I think keep your, keep your triple captain. That would be unheard of to have a, maybe a Celtic three uh, three matches one game week. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. They might try and but whether they can split that over, you know, two, I, I don't know. But um, I love that, Ian. That's that's why you're third. Thinking of ideas like that and school being high or not. <laughs> should, we, should we finish part one there? Let's finish it there. We've got lots to talk about from the weekend's action. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. This is the part that Scobie takes us through the games. I've got no idea where he's going to go first. Have you, Ian? No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well... We've, we've got a few to pick from, that's for sure. 20 goals uh, across this game week's uh, action. Uh, some particularly high-scoring ones as well from some um, particularly unexpected teams. If you've been following this season, if you've been following this podcast, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. Um, but I think there's no other place we can kick off our discussion today uh, than the one that we're all talking about. Ross County Hibs, nil-nil. Ian, what were your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding, McMahon. I'm just kidding, McMahon. Let's ha- let you have your moment. Uh, the old firm, the first old firm of the year, um, was upon us. 2 0 Rangers. Uh, just to recap, a couple of half chances before Goldson got on the end of a wee beauty from Tavernier. Um, a, a note on him. 107 points on the season now. He has broken the 100 mark. Uh, a second for Goldson followed um, pretty soon after. Who'd have, who'd have picked him as the, as the man that brought home the brace? Uh, he had a pretty big day as well. 19 fancy football Scotland points. And he's actually now second top scoring defender. Um, for those of you who like these stats, uh, he's on 76. Massive, wasn't it? Take it away, and what are your thoughts? It was an absolute doddle. Um, well, I've been saying to you boys on the side for a while that I really fancied us um, to win this one. I mean, Celtic have been pretty poor all, all season, and, and the, the one thing that Rangers are particularly good at is uh, European games and, and games of big grass pitches. We don't, we don't tend to struggle in uh, sort of close 50 50 possession games, good in the Europa League and stuff. It's, it's a way to you know, and the Tony Macaroni that, that we struggled to break teams down that Celtic have been slightly better than us. So I was confident going into it. And, and, I, and as soon as the lineup, the lineup came, uh, came out, I, I, was, I was thinking three or four nil, um, honestly. And just like sort of man for man, tactically, absolutely dominated them. One corner, zero attempts on target. And I, and I thought, to be honest, if it had been the other way around and, and Celtic been that dominant, they would have gone for gone for four or five. I think it was, it was just sort of a sign of the times that, that they've won the last nine um, that we were sort of just a bit cagey. But um, yeah, yeah on that risky. point as well, in terms of, in terms of goals, just at you, you because know, thought um, Ryan Kent was was probably unlucky. He was, he was involved. He was a he was a menace. But that's um, as John well knows. That's three games now without a goal or an assist for. <laughs> <laughs> Since he was signed by Forrest Hat, he's had zero returns. <laughs> so that was How much value now? No points returned. John, when did you bring him in? 
<laughs> Maybe I am, I'm responsible for that curse. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, nothing for him. Are you worried about that, John? On a serious note, are you, you going to stick with him or? Well, see, the, the 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 thing that really hurt for me this game week was it was it was I did a double sub that week, and it was one was to get Goldson out, and the other one was to put Kent in, amongst other things. So this one really drove to the dagger that Goldson got a brace and Kent did nothing. Uh, he's high value, and I'm not quite sure what to do because my three Rangers, but obviously I've got Tab and Barisic, and it's just working out what the other player is going to be. Ian, do you have who would be your top three uh, fantasy football Scotland picks from a Rangers' point of view, because you've got to have three of their players in your team. Yeah, I've, I've, I've gone. I, I mean, I've been on the Rebo train all season, and obviously, just he's been injured. Um, but I, I subbed him out just then for McGregor. You can I mean, Al McGregor at that price, if he's going to be starting, absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Um, fair play to you boys for the Goldson shout. Didn't see that coming at all, but. Um, Do you see McGregor starting every game now at, in goals? Because obviously, he's been rotated with McLaughlin this season. Well, well, he's out of the safe house now in, in Lark Call, so so we start every game. Yeah, he was. Uh, Can you elaborate on that, Ian? He's been a very naughty boy, so he deserves. To be. Yeah, he's had his fingers in some uh, gangsters' daughters' pies in Glasgow. So he was in the safe house in Lark Call for a wee bit, but he's out now. So we start in every game, and he's an absolute snip. He's uh, no snipping your daughters. <laughs> It is nice getting this fresh perspective on things, I must say. Ian. Uh, no, you're right. You're totally right. He is uh, an absolute snippet. Obviously, a lot of people were in with McLaughlin, um, you know, for a long time through that great run, and I'm sure that served you well because you got him at a snip. But yeah, just to just to um, just to confirm, you're getting Al McGregor at 2.2 million now, which wow. which is cheaper than anyone. The only the only the only goalie cheaper is Ryan Fulton at Hamilton. So I mean. I think you're completely right with that. I, I've actually, I must admit, been considering getting rid of Goldson. He's sort of served me pretty well. As I've said, he's the second top scoring defender now. But I think, you know, quite a big of that haul of that came obviously this weekend. Is he going to score two, two goals every week? Probably not. Um, but yeah, so you're an interesting one. I thought Morelos, he seems to, I want you to maybe expand on this one a bit, but you know, he's he sort of playing a bit of a different role certainly this season. He's much more involved. He looks much more energetic. He's sort of getting out, he's getting much more involved in build-up play and whatnot, but not necessarily getting an awful lot of, you know, end product or chances himself. Yeah, even off the ball, I think that was his most, most mature performance in terms of like the way he pressed, pressed their, um, their back three. He thought he was actually magnificent. He hasn't got enough plaudits for the way he was the way he um, he stopped them bringing the ball at the back three, he was he was great, just you know chasing chasing around all game. Um, yeah, I mean it's a tough one. It's the dilemma every fantasy manager's had. Is I mean him and Edward last season were averaging a goal and assist a game, mm. and that would take you sort of you're looking at eighty points for those guys this season. Mm. Um, I think. Yeah, as, you, as you, you've hit the nail on the head there, I mean, Morales doesn't get points for running around like a head, not a, well, not a headless chicken up front in fantasy football Scotland. So we're just trying to work out how to get returns from this Rangers team. And it seems it's heavy at the back, as we've been discussing most of the season. Uh, do you guys know, here's a question, Ian, do you know who the last Rangers player to notch a brace in this fixture was? Oh, a brace. Stevie Naismith. Woo! He's got it. September 2011 yeah. in a 4-2 win. Yeah, I remember that. Stevie Naismith, it was a late-on header, wasn't it? Late run into the box for the fourth. I, I don't it. have the details. 
<laughs> Ian will be watching that later. Uh, and look, it was it was dominant and and Rangers, you know, are, are, are rightly top at the moment. It's, it's certainly setting things up, you know, for an interesting um, run on the, on the title. But to talk about Celtic a little bit, I, I did think they were really poor. And, you know, we could we could talk about that, and I'm sure you guys will bring up certain points on that. But looking at it from a fancy point of view, just there's just not an awful lot there to get you excited about at the moment. Um, you know, pick out a few players. Ali Nussi had been he was really wasteful throughout. I thought he had an awful awful day. Um, you know, and 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 was just a sort of hindrance throughout, and he's not really delivered the returns that we thought. You, you've had little moments, actually, more when he's been playing on internationally. But he would kind of become something, and he's a great value at four point seven, four point eight million. Um, but I mean, it's just getting to the point where like he's sort of running out of chances. So, Elinusi, yeah, definitely not great. And then at the back, I mean, it's it's also sort of hard to see. We've talked about it last time a few defenders coming in, but. There's nobody that really stands out that you sort of think, you know, that's the Celtic defender that I'm going to bring in. Barkas is, I don't really think, lived up to all his life either. And he's very expensive at the back. So how can you look at him at 3.4 million or whatever he is, at, you know, against McGregor 2.2? I mean, there's no uh, comparison there. So it's not looking great on a fantasy front for, for Celtic at the moment, is it? No, and I, I was so I've gone. Who have I gone? I've gone. I've got Greg Taylor and I've got Laxalt in. But even then, I was looking at his stats in, in his career, and he's not a he's not an assist machine. He's not. He doesn't seem as one of those wing backs who like you know like Tavernier sort of just lives outside the outside the box and is going to bang you a load of assists. So even that's not a no brainer. Mm. I thought yeah, Frimpong. I really did think Frimpong was going to be that man this year, and he had little glimpses, um, but. I think we've got to slightly remember that Celtic aren't going to be playing Rangers every week. I mean, they do have Aberdeen get next game week, and Aberdeen notoriously, when they, when these when these big games come along, tend to tend to not deliver. So maybe maybe Celtic will come good then. And then you've just got to remember, I just say, probably just don't panic too much though with these Celtic assets. I mean, end of the day, they will win a lot of games left in this in this league. Um, you know, you're probably sticking with guys like Shane Duffy who. As much as he looks like quite a poor signing, I think, for Celtic, because he seems like a good defender um, for a team that are backs the wall all the time. Whereas with Celtic centre-half, you get the ball a lot. I mean, he just shelled the ball out of play quite often. But from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, I still think he's quite a good purchase because he is very dangerous from set pieces. Mm-hmm. There's, some, there's some magic videos of Duffy just shelling it into the stands. <laughs> Watch a lot of them and repeat, actually, in the last few days. Lenny, Lenny coming out with his uh, hands in the air and throwing a tantrum. Brilliant. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, no, Luke, you're right, John. I, I, it's obviously not uh, time to throw uh, the baby out of the bathwater, but um, they've got Aberdeen next. They've obviously got the blank week, although Satie's rightly pointing out. Maybe that could change. Um, Motherwell, Hibs and St. Johnston. I mean, neither of the, none of those fixtures get me really excited. You know, Motherwell always kind of get up for those games. Mm. Um, and you know I think they're they're kind of due another good performance. Hibs are playing very well, and St Johnston we're about to talk about you know maybe getting a bit of confidence as well. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I don't I don't quite know where to go with it from a Celtic point of view at this point. To be perfectly honest with you, indeed. Well, you've you've cut us in nicely at the Super Jays. Should we move on to them? We are going to move on to them because who would have thought that this weekend's goal fest would come at the hands of Saints? and Hamilton, um, but it did. An absolute goal fest it was. 
just to recap, there's so many goals. I'm not going to tediously go through it, but I'll just do a quick one. So, Spoonie feeds May 1-0 within a minute. Then Spoonie gets one for himself, followed by May for his second, 3-0 if you're keeping up with me. Hughes pulls one back for Hamilton and plays with Hamilton. And then a, my, a second goal comes at the hands of my hot tip for the season, Ogunpo. Side note, he's not a hot tip. Don't bring him in. Uh, then May played delivery boy for Conway, who's been excellent this year. That makes it 4-2. Uh, Callahan cannons it off the bar. Hughes was there and makes it 4-3. And then Conway put it to bed with a stunner of a free kick. 5-3. Eight goals, 90 minutes. There's your dinner. Stunning. I really enjoyed that. Really well. really good. <laughs> Just that word on Stevie May, you know, bagging a brace. Great to see him bagging a brace. Is he worried the new signing Melamed's arrived and going to take his place in the team? Maybe that shoved the rock up his arse. But I was reading a really good interview with uh, Callum Davidson today. And he's saying that they've, they've turned Stevie May from being this guy that's running around the pitch loads, you know, trying to chase balls down in the corners or at right back or at left back and just told him, look, mate, you're getting on in your career. You're going to be a poacher. And they're <laughs> developing that. And you can see that coming out of Stevie May's performances just now. It reminds me of uh, Brendan Rogers saying to Jamie Vardy a couple of years ago when he first came to Leicester, you need to stop running around because you're getting old and we need you at your best when the ball arrives to you in the box. It's a good point. It's a very good point. I mean, you look completely different. And we've not seen any of that. I mean, okay, it's Hamilton. Hamilton the leading goals for fun. You know... So, fine. But he looks like a different player. Um, Ian, what did you make of it? Yeah, I, 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 th- I thought he was, as, as John was saying there, the, the areas he picked up, he looks like if, he, if, he, if he's sniffing around the penalty box, he's going he's gonna to score goals. And, and you're always you're sort of trying to pick who's, who's going to be the next off Sammy Cosgrove. There's always one or two, isn't there, outside the old firm that are going to pop out with a lot of goals. And, and the guys that are going to be sort of top of the table at the end of the season, the guys that are going to pick these guys. But... I don't know. I'm, I'm going to wait for a few more games for a bit more evidence before I, before I jump on the Stevie May train. Well, just to go through, you know, some of those uh, players that came up big, um, Conway, and I, and I do think a word on him, I think he has been really, really great this season. If you've, if you, if you've watched um, any St. Johnson's games, you'll know that. And they've just been really unlucky. He's been given great final ball throughout, creating chances, but just been nobody there to, to finish it. Um, well, he got himself 14 points. Um, Wotherspoon was also great, and again, I think he's been consistently good. Uh, he picked up nine, and they're both 4.2 million, mm. which is just, you know, it's a great price because um, we've talked a lot about, you know, not maybe spending too heavy in the midfield yeah. um, and just trying to maybe play the fixtures a bit more in the midfield. And I think those two like, have got to be worth consideration with the right run of fixtures. Um, and then I mean, 5.2 million, um, of course. Um, but, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's time to get on Mazo's train. Maybe. Maybe. Should have a word on Hamilton as well here? I mean, this, this is taken into account their, their six-goal thriller at Pataudry last night as well. There's been 19 goals scored in Hamilton's last three league games. They scored seven, conceded 12. So, you know, you can attack a Hamilton game by thinking maybe we should get some of their attackers and then midfielders or just, you know, load the team of whoever they're playing because they're, they're leaking like a, like some of the pipes under my sink, actually, in my flat. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, they are. They are. I mean, it's, I mean, they're entertaining games. I'll say that for them. But um, I got uh, a nice 
minus two for my Adolphin, um, my Adolphin choice this week. Thought I'd play the double game week. Thought he might sneak in with a goal. He did not. Um, he just conceded a hell of a lot of them. So, yeah, the only player from the Hamilton we talked about again last week, and he was he was good again last night against the Aberdeen game. We're not really going to talk about the Aberdeen game much, but obviously Aberdeen won 4-2, another exciting game. Um, Ross Callahan, um, he's good price, um, and he always seems to be involved for them. He's on set pieces too, so um, he was he was as I said pretty unlucky not to score against Saints, and then he did score obviously. Um, the one one uh, transfer I've had a bit of a nightmare with is I bought Temple, Templeton in up top because you know four million thought he was involved and everything. He got injured at the weekend, and there's not actually proper visibility on when he's coming back. So that was a bit of a stinking transfer for myself. Bit of a slap in the face. Um, talking about slaps in the face, not my best segue, but we're on with it. Uh, Livingston, who'd been playing pretty well of late, got off to a great start through Pittman, his second in season. Uh, went 1 0 up against Killy at the Spaghetti Had. Um, but um, unfortunately, it was all downhill from there. Um, Tishbola got the equaliser, um, which looked a touch offside. And then from there on, uh, Killy kind of showed why they are arguably the Premiership's form team. Hilty, um, who we've talked about a lot, um, he is a pod favourite and, and I'm sure a Fantasy Football Scotland favourite was magnificent all afternoon and um, he's 2.8 million gents is there any way you can't have him in your team he's the Lindstrom of the of the English Premiership isn't he equivalent <laughs> yeah. I mean playing in that 10 position just you know raking in goals and assists I actually transferred him in today there you go early that was how exciting my work was. Too. Early. He's not holding back for COVID, this man. Uh, no, he was brilliant. I mean, he he sets up power, um, you know, for, for what became the penalty. He plays him in. Okay, gets nothing for that, but he's involved in that one. Uh, Burke duly dispatches that. A word on Chris Burke. He's now the fourth highest scoring midfielder um, in the game. 45 points behind only Kent Ferguson and level with Boyle. Um, and then, yeah, Kilty got himself the third goal, his third of the season. Um, just really good from Kelly. It's feeling almost like three, two or three Kelly players is a must at the moment. Um, great, great options. We wax lyrical about Kabamba. We love him. We love Kilty. He's brilliant as well. Um, so, yeah, all good. I'm going to flip this on to Livingston a little bit and um, just talk a little bit about their defence. Because I've talked about how good John Guffrey is as an option because... You know, Livingston generally are quite good at keeping clean sheets as it goes for a sort of mid-table to bottom six team. So you get that upside of the clean sheet every now and again. But I'm also going to talk about their fullbacks here. So you've got Serrano on it at one fullback who scored that raker against Celtic a couple of weeks ago. Yep. He's 2.4 million and is getting forward so much. So I think he's going to get a rake of assists and goals. And just when you're raking around that, bargain bucket of Livingston defenders you've got Devlin on the other side another really attacking fullback and he's only 2.2 million so if you're if you need an enabler in that 2 to 2.5 million of defenders I think you can't really go wrong with one of those three Livingston boys oh, 100% John I think Livingston um, are in that kind of bracket where there is a where there's just you know 
to use that term, a bargain basement. Uh, but there's a lot of value in their, in their defenders. You've got them, the likes of them, St. Mirren, Ross County, Hamilton. Livingston are streets ahead there. I think that is where the value is, and that's where the clean sheets are likely to be too. So um, good time to invest. But just a word on both the teams. Livingston have got Rangers and Motherwell um, coming up. Um, again, they've got no um, blank week, so to speak. Um, Killy have got Hibs um, and Rangers. Uh, so Rangers playing both these teams are next. Uh, but I've again not got a blank week. So Killy, Livingston, both um, you know worth holding on to those assets as we move forward and we look to the week. You've got to be careful with uh, McCrory. Uh, he's obviously cup tied playing against Rangers in the league, so he won't be available for that game. And he also has made a few, quite a few mistakes this season. So I just wonder if they'll turn to Strijek, who had a couple of games at the start of the season that was really good. He's 2.1 million. I'll just be careful on that McCrory if you've got him in your team, though he's quite popular. Fair news. Uh, the, the other two games provided no goals. Uh, so just to recap, that was Ross County v Hibbs and Aberdeen Dundee United. Um, these are the games on Saturday, of course. Um, so we want to see too much of them, but I just want to do a little bit of a little bit of a deep dive if you if you want to come with me on this. Um, it did mean obviously clean sheets all round. And that now means on this season, Aberdeen and Hibs have now taken five clean sheets apiece in 11 game weeks. Um, Ross County for three, Dundee United two, if you're wondering. Um, so, clearly Aberdeen and Hibs defenders, goalies, worth, worth looking at have been all season. If we look ahead some of the fixtures, though, Aberdeen have got that blank week, obviously, with the cup game, and they've got a pretty horrible run coming up. Celtic, Rangers and Hibs. I, th- I think the, um, the good thing about the old firm game, I think teams are going to start figuring out Celtic a wee bit and get that wee bit of belief. Like The thing that we suffered with for a while is we just didn't believe that we could beat them. And they just bullied us. I think now teams are going to think, you know, Aberdeen always play Rangers. They get up for it and think, actually, we can take something off this. And if you're, if you're a Don's fan now, you've surely got to think on, on Sunday, you've got a chance of winning that game for the first time in a couple of years, really. A real chance of winning that game. Yeah, it's a difficult one to know what to do with. Uh, on paper, I can see a lot of people, you know, they've, they've maybe milked Aberdeen for the double game week and it's, and it's maybe feeling like now's the time to kind of back away from that with that run coming up in that blind week. I don't know. I mean, Hibs, uh, they also have a hard run. They've got, again, the cup game, so a blank week. Um, and they've, got a run which includes Aberdeen, Celtic, Kilmarnock and Motherwell. So, difficult. Where I'm going to with this, is it worth looking at some of the lower league sides um, who have been kind of consistently good, putting up clean sheets in the back, um, who don't have a blank week and have got a nice run of fixtures? If you are looking for that, I think look no further than Dundee United. They've got Saints. Okay, fine, Saints have found their scoring boots, but that would have looked like a good uh, fixture. <laughs> Saints, County, St Mirren, Hamilton and Livingston to come. They're playing. They've not, they've not got the, the cup game, so there's no blank week for them. Um, I think like the Dundee United just looks such an attractive option for it. Certainly any of their boys at the back. Um, if you're looking to make some manoeuvres coming up, is that fair? Ian, what United players do you have in your team, if any? Got no United players in my team. Uh, no, sorry, I do. I've got Nicky Clark, but I'm trying to get rid of him. No, oh, dump Nicky Clark. Nicky What's the entry you're living in, man? He's as staunch as they come. <laughs> Does that make it hard for you to drop them? You sort of have a bit of a, 
<laughs> Tell you what, Nicky Clark's not being bad in the in the pantheon of of uh, strikers this year. He's done absolutely fine for me. It's just he's not going to start many games. I don't think so. So yeah, good. well, Shank the Tank's back. Um, he's been looking good as well, hasn't he? So yeah, I'm surprised actually. I was a little. I'm going to get rid of him and save the money for um, go five at the back. I'm surprised that there's not very many people have clocked on to five at the back yet. And I think there's only one team in the top five in the football league that have uh, have got five at the back. That's the reason that you are all at the, at the top at the back, eh? <laughs> But I think it's a fair point, Scobie. I think maybe some players that people, Aberdeen players in particular, that people will be get, thinking about getting rid of is uh, Ryan Hedges, um, Scott Wright, and Johnny Hayes in midfield, who quite frankly haven't delivered the returns that you'd want from an Aberdeen team that's been playing pretty well. Lewis Ferguson just been hogging all the points there. Um, I think you know defensively, I'd probably still keep my Aberdeen players in my team. You know, your Tommy Hobins who scored midweek was pretty good. Joe Lewis, I think, is an excellent option at goalkeeper. And then when it comes to up front, it's really difficult now because, you know, Watkins isn't prolific. You have Edmondson, who scored a brace the other night, and you've got Cosgrove and Maine coming back very soon. So I, I think it's a fair point, Scobie, that maybe it's time to drop maybe an Aberdeen midfielder or a striker for, for, for players that are guaranteed to play a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at that, and the, the one thing I was... The toss-up was, for me was Hoban or um, McGinn for Hibs. So I've gone McGinn for Hibs. Yeah, I don't mind that shirt at all. I think McGinn's been been fantastic this season. Big, big part of why they've had so many uh, clean sheets and 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 deserved is is Scotland call up definitely. All right, well, great lads. I think that's, that's all, we've, all we've got for this section. Yeah, yeah, knock us out. Hello and welcome to part three of this week's Fantasy Fit Bad Pod. This is the part where we take questions from the Twitter sphere. We've got our Meet the Manager special, Ian Finlay, in the house to help answer some questions for you, Scobie, because I know how stressed you get about this part of the podcast. Sleepless nights, sleepless nights. At least I can pass it over to Ian now. Ian, you are in the mastermind chair. Ian is in the mastermind chair. And I think we'll give him a nice easy one to start with. So any recommendations for a set and forget goalkeeper? This is from uh, Nicholas Sella on Twitter. He currently has McGregor, but he wants Goldson and he's got Tav and Barisic. I think you've got to go shagger there and get rid of one of Goldson or Barisic. Probably Goldson. I go with the, the, the glorious trifecta that I've got of Tav, Barisic and McGregor because there's no other options than goals you, I mean what's uh, Barkas at double the price or something 3.4 so he's, he's saying he's got Goldson he's got McGregor he's currently got McGregor so you're saying do nothing yeah Goldson oh no that's a red herring yeah so, so don't take Goldson in is that what you guys are saying I mean Goldson he's, he's two and done that's him done for the season <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can't see the justification from that from a from a value point of view. We've you know we've just we've just talked about it. McGregor's McGregor's two point two million. I mean, come on, and he's going to play according to Ian. Um, so don't drop him. <laughs> There's plenty. If you're looking to bring other Rangers player, then I think I think he's not definitely not the one to drop. Um, Love it. In my opinion, 
there's no sitting on the fence this week. It's brilliant. That's what you get when you get Ian Finlay on the podcast. Second question, we'll go to Scobie to first, but Ian, you're going to jump in after that. How is, this one's from Brendan, how's everyone preparing for the upcoming blank? So he's asking, are you guys going to take two transfers, so a minus four this week and a minus four next week? Do you see yourself making four transfers to try and work out for these blanks? Right, so I had a good, I knew this question was going to come up and I've been avoiding it for a while. So I had a good look at it last uh, night and where I've got to is actually, I'm, I'm, so and this answers a little bit the, uh, the question that was asked before. I'm going to bring in um, Segrist uh, at Dundee United. I like the run. So I think he probably comes in this week for Lewis, frees up a bit of value as well. Uh, he'll also be playing the blank week, so that kind of sorts that problem out by taking one of my Aberdeen players out. Um, and I think next week, I'm tempted to bring in Burke um, and ship Hayes, Johnny Hayes, mercenary, came in, did the double game week for me. He's off. Bring in Burke, who will again play, and that will get me to 10 players for, um, for game week 13. At this point, there's no one I can justify bringing a minus, taking a minus four for. So I'm actually happier playing ten, mm-hmm. and 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 just not going for it because there's no one jumping out at me when I look at the team that I want to lose or want to bring in that badly that I'm taking minus four and they're definitely going to score or get me cheaper. So that's how I'm approaching it. Scobie, you should prepare for questions more often because that is the most articulate way you've answered a question in a long time on this podcast. I feel the better because Ian's here. Sure. <laughs> Ian. So are you going to be taking hits for these blank game weeks? Are you going to be keeping it simple? Nah, I've got I've got seven. I've got seven for that blank game week, and I think I'll do one in, one out, and go with eight. Because there's just not. I mean, you you look at the the players that you can bring in. Killier playing Rangers, so that's your sort of set of good players gone. And then who who else is who's who else is going to bring you more than sort of four or five points really? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to miss that. I think this uh, this game week's this by game week's a little bit of a, as you'd say, maybe a red herring or whatever. That you know, it's you're you're get people are getting focused on it. They're going to prepare so much for it, and before you know it, it's going to be gone. And then you're going to be sat there with a team that you don't really like because you prepared just for one week, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, mean, I can sit back and be happy with the transfer I've made. I just think that like, who knows what's going to happen? We're going to have other game weeks like this, and um, you know, at this point, it's. It's not unheard of for in in this game people to get uh, zero points or minus one um, from performances. So, um, yeah, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. There you go. Um, So we'll we'll just ask Ian a few other questions, maybe about, uh, Ian, was there anything you'd change about the game? Uh, Scotland app? Yeah, uh, I'd like to see the, the player valuations move a bit more. Feels if I wasn't rewarded enough for getting Tav in there early and, and the sort of Rangers crop, and it's a bit easy to jump on the Kilty bandwagon and, and the Tam, Tav and Barisic bandwagon. Um, I think you should be rewarded for getting those guys in a bit, bit earlier and they should, their value should you know, increase a bit more. Because yeah. right now, basically, the, the values only change once a week after the game week goes through, the deadline goes through. Whereas you look at FPL down south, I mean, it's happening every night. So maybe yeah. we don't want it every day, but maybe once in the middle of the week. I think that's a fair one. Any any others, Ian? No, I've been pretty impressed with that, to be honest. Um, what other ones would I have? Uh, man of the match, maybe. I think man of the match, um, 
would give you a little bit more points for the attackers. A lot, if you look at the, the English version, a lot of the, the sort of, um, sort of two, three pointers go to midfielders and attackers. And I think I'll give you a few more, it'd be a bit more tempted to go up to the four or five million midfielders attackers rather than, you know, everyone's points are coming from Tav, Barisic, and your sort of Rangers and Celtic defences at the moment. That's a really good point. I, I think the bonus point system is, for me, the number one thing in terms of gameplay that they should bring in. Obviously, the free hit would have been fucking helpful in hindsight if we'd known <laughs> a pandemic was upon us, um, but uh, which they didn't know at the time. Um, but yeah, I think the bonus point system you, you, is a really good point around you know how much that would benefit um, goal scorers, so midfielders and attackers more because um, you know we've talked about it all the time here, goalies, defenders. There's so much value. They've scored so many points, but not really been that many uh, players that stepped up up top. Um, you know that 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 have, that have kind of made you want to bring them in. So, which does make it more exciting because you are trying to find value in people like Kabamba or Shanghai, people like that. But um, yeah, so all right. That, that takes us near the end. Ian, is there anything else you want to say at all on this podcast? Get <laughs> <laughs> off your chest now, son. <laughs> Shout out to the other bears. They're actually, doing pretty well if you look at the league table. Four or five beers. Oh, not of that. No, no, we're not about that. We don't That's plenty. We'll just cancel it out. On this podcast, we'll, enough, enough. We'll be, what's the what's the football pod league like? Football pod league is looking good. Um, Asika Jordan still out in front. The gap has closed a bit. The Queen's eleven. Ewan Stephen is catching him. Six hundred seventeen. He's thirteen points off him now. Um, Armani and Finlay is obviously sitting there in eighth. Well done, Ian. You dropped down a bit this week, though. Red arrows. Uh, Green Arrows for me, I'm up to 11th, um, and John Moore fires hats up to 23rd. Green Arrows. And uh, just one shout out from uh, my old man, Jerry Moore. He was the uh, best point scorer in week 10. So he was manager of the week in week 10 before we started doing manager of the week. Uh, and he's a top listener. So cheers, Jerry. Jerry Moore. Love that. Thanks for your listens. All right. Well. Lots to look forward to uh, this weekend again. We'll obviously be back next week. Uh, Ian, thank you so much for coming on and joining us um, on our silly little pods. We've very much enjoyed having you. Pleasure. We are the people. <laughs> right, get them off. Get yeah, them off. Let's get edited out. <laughs> <laughs>